Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Fans of Power podcast. I'm Tyler Baker, back this week from my minor hiatus, and Joe Amato is here with us, and, and Spirit, in some form or fashion, is Nancy Nate Kennedy. And, yeah, maybe uh, he'll pop up at some point. I'm sure he'll he'll force his way into the show at some point there. He he has his methods of doing it, so. But, um, yeah. But uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back talking about uh, the property I love the most, and uh, hope everybody's ready to have a fun conversation, and uh, hope everybody enjoyed my uh, substitute last week. They did. It looks That's like the episode did quite well last week. Um, yeah, because he was nervous. Nathan was nervous. Like, man, you're going to do fine. And nobody's going to have an issue with you. And he did a good job, like you said, in your absence. So, yeah, Nathan did a good job. I'm sure he's got an ego now. And since he's got this ego, he's probably going to want to pop up, like we said, in the show later. I'm sure at some point. But... I mean, right now I look and I was like, Jesus, there's been a lot of chat or a lot of people going in the chat room before we even started. So let me just give shout outs to Zentron. Um, Jaime, uh, Jaime, I think it's Jaime. God, I hope it isn't Jamie because I'm going to feel like an idiot. Um, Patrick O'Keefe, Del- Delva78, Eric Amen. Uh, I already said Zentron, apologize. I'm scrolling down just to make sure. Let's see. Uh, Adam Gabbert and uh grimbots joined us and oh also zen brown so thank you all for joining us as well what a great turnout man that's fantastic yeah so we have <laughs> yeah so we're gonna have like i said a couple topics of things that maybe you usually don't hear discussed too much like i said that's why we try to cover some things like what like a story that many people maybe don't remember seeing because maybe they oh didn't... whatever you'll say that and there's i remember that story joe man i had that story too <laughs> I, I, that was the best story ever joe and... yeah yeah and see it's it's it, it all came from me talking about the old masters of the universe magazines about how great they were and all the amazing posters and everything and people forgot their stories within them which we'll get to that i'll even show you the cover but uh yeah Nathan wanted to bring something up. He probably, I don't know if he wants to mention it, but earlier today on Beyond Retro, we talked about some two horror movies back in the day in the 80s. One was Raw Hit Rex, which I've never come across anybody that's ever watched it or known what the hell it was. And then Pumpkinhead, which almost everybody knows Pumpkinhead. So I put it on my wall. I'm like, let's see. <coughs> I put it on my wall, and there was about five, six people who started kind of saying, never heard of it, don't know it, I don't remember it, I'll give it a shot, but then I was surprised it was starting to get flooded with people saying, I remember that movie. I love that movie. And Nathan said, oh, man, I got we got to rub this in Tyler's face. Or at least he wanted to. So go ahead, Nathan. If you want to say something, go ahead. If you wanted to jump in and mark out media, thank you for joining us. And Motu fan number one. I'm, I'm just going to let my, my big ego take over the, the screen right here since <laughs> I, I'm a star now. I finally made it. No, I just wanted to rub it in his face because it's it's fun. One guy had uh, demons. He had a poster for demons and raw head wrecks. So yeah, that was yeah. that was kind of impressive. But it's just funny. Like we talk about that, and then you make that post, and the cult of Joe. Everyone flocks. It's like, oh man, I love it. I've seen it, and I'm sure Tyler's just like, oh, you're all wrong. This is <laughs> this is awful. It's the worst day of my life. I mean, there's a lot of movies out there like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know that people just seem to just love, and just they don't seem to quite understand what is wrong. And, um, of course, I'll say Rawhead Rex is definitely better than Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Wow, um, wow Jesus. Uh, whoa. I didn't expect that. That was nah, something else. He's, yeah. he's lying. Why would I lie about that? He's lying. He's just mad because everyone's like, yeah, this is, this is great. And Chris Pratt movies are all, well, not all of them are awesome. The Jurassic World movies are actually trash. We were talking about that in the chat before we got started. By the started. way, if Kevin Sharp shows up and starts going on about how great Chris Pratt is in Guardians films, let me know. 
because do. he's done. Uh, yeah, he's done it in the past. He told me about that yesterday. Okay. So, um, but now I do not take uh, offense to people who come out in drugs <laughs> and then say they love rawhead racks. I just hell, Ventron said he's headed on a uh, DVD. So uh, there you go. He well, remembers uh, the movie. Uh, uh, Tyler, uh, Kevin Sharp has joined us, and he said, "Dance off, bro. What's up, guys?" There, he, right on, right on cue. That's spooky. Yes. Yeah, mm. Kevin. I just mentioned. I said if you show up and you start pratting off Chris Pratt quotes and stuff like that, you have been warned. That's, that's now that is that wasn't even planned. I mean, he wasn't no, that was in not the planned, chat room, right? and you just, said that yeah. for him. Bam! It's like his ears. <laughs> what do they say? Your ears burn when people yeah. are talking about you. So yeah, that must have been it. But he, he is sharp. I, I love working in like really bad puns, playing off his last name. Yes, and a lot of times he just kind of looks at me like. Yeah, kid, it was cute the first time you did it. Knock it off. He's like enough of it. He's like, I've got that enough in probably school growing yeah, up. Yeah, it's like yeah, you, you're like it's like people who tell me, you know, hey, Pepsi guy. I'm like, oh, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, you're the Coke guy, right? I work for Coca Cola, so I have to hear jokes like, "Here comes, I like that third Pepsi you sell." Hey, you wearing yeah. shorts today, Coke guy? Zero degrees outside. I just want to just slap the hell out of him. <laughs> That's with that we can't take the shit. But oh, and Justin Hume, thank you for joining us. But if it, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. That's all. The one thing I always hated oh, hearing when I worked, in the, from working yeah. in the grocery business. Yeah. Oh. Well, well I want no peas out from Del Monte. No salt, man. Right in front of you. Oh, oh. If it was a snake, it would have bit me. <laughs> then you had those ones that get pissed off anytime you uh, uh, they would have like changes in the aisles and they get mad because they couldn't find what they wanted. It's like I liked it better the old way, and it's like you don't even remember where it was then. Shut oh, up. Oh, you know what? Me too. Let's riot. You know, just start flipping stuff over and pulling Nathan and duck back dog food, knock it off the shelf, and you know, those that's a damn people Nathan did in his past. <laughs> well, I, well, I did want to. I can imagine Nathan. I, I'm sure has quite a temper. I mean, I, I'm not like that. I'm pretty quite good. a temper. That's yeah. putting it lightly. If, like I said, if there was out of the three, he's the one that's like out of his mind and Tyler loses it, but I'm usually the calm one. And I don't get upset at all. I get anger about stuff, but I don't really like... He doesn't act out in, in public places like no, I for would. For the most part, most people don't. I only get angry about stuff that, you know, politics and sports, well, sometimes basketball upsets me, but for the most part, it's stuff that nobody else cares about unless you're a nerd. And even then, I kind of feel like, you know what? You know, I, I don't like to get deliberately angry and upset sometimes, but you know when you see something like venom, you can't help but you know just well, feel like you know chaos in the aisle and and setting garbage fires and stuff like that. You know, but a lot of people in the chat room are fans of Coke and drinking it, and they say Pepsi tastes like chalk. So there you go. There's some uh, Coke. Thank you guys. But I always I do I, I would I always told myself I was not gonna be one of those guys that would like even worry about this stuff. I do take more notice of people when they do drink Coke. So knowing that you guys are all avid Coke drinkers. Right here, right here, boys. There you go. Support Tyler. Keep him. Keep him employed. Yeah. And I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to thank a JSP. I wasn't able to do it last week, and I know you probably got your stew, Tyler. But um, he sent that cool PowerCon mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, I mean, just beautiful artwork from Axel Jimenez. You know, it's an homage to the old Alcala style. And I was like, that's pretty damn cool to get something like that. And inside, it had like other drawings. I actually didn't ask because I don't know. But you know, it's like. Drawings of Hordak and Catra and things. And I, I was like, I didn't know if that was just uh, things that they were taken from existing media or was that something drawn completely brand new? Did you? Have I think it was it? drawn kind of for that because, okay. I mean, 
Yeah, because what, what really stuck out to me was Clamp Champ was depicted in here too, which I'm like, it's it was just like right here, you know, on page five. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah ob- obviously, it's pictures of the classic figures, but it doesn't look like like a lot of those generic posters where it's like all they did was just paint a, a picture of the, of the figure. But this looks pretty. Do you know if Axel drew those too, along with? I mean, obviously he did the cover, but do you know if he did those inside pages? Because there's some cool little things. I like mean, it he... looks a lot like Axel's artwork. Yeah, because it does. Really, I mean, it really look does at for the plant. most part, yeah. and he contributed a lot to this. So I would not be surprised if it was. If it's not his, um, you know, I apologize, but um, you know, Axel was a big contributor art wise to this one, like he is with a lot of stuff. So I, I have no idea if, if it was anybody else. So you know, I, I would be looking at mine right now because I think he sent me one too uh, to Tyler's, but uh, Tyler hasn't given it to me. Yet, yeah, so. I, I've got Nathan's copy right here. Yeah, and, same. Uh, Jerk. Yeah. We could all three probably be showing that right now, but no, he's at least Tyler totally ruined it. Yeah, it's so well, in mean, a way. I, 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 was, I, I was really just expecting the inevitable that I was going to be outnumbered for Rawhead Rex. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to withhold Nathan's PowerCon promo <laughs> and just hold on to it, hoping perfect. to God it's going to be a burr in his ass, and I can just sit there and be like, oh, <laughs> I got yours. Yeah, you get it sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Nathan. But speaking of Nathan, he uh, when we were doing the show earlier, he kept being adamant about. Joe, did you get any mail today? And I was like, Nathan, it's Sunday. We don't get mail on Sundays. He's like, um, you sure you don't want to check? And I was like, uh, Nathan, when I woke up, I got the newspaper, which they put in our mailbox. I was like, I got in there. There is no mail. So we did that podcast earlier. And then at the end of the podcast, he said, Joe, could you check your mailbox? And immediately in my head, I'm starting to click on the computer thinking, what the hell is he doing? What did he send me? I was like, what, what uh, mail? My, my phone mail? is telling me something got delivered to your mailbox at 1223. Yeah. Yeah. Then he said that. I was like, oh, the mailbox. Oh, God. I was like, okay, let me just go out there in the rain. Go out in the rain, come back. And there was a package. I was like, huh? It's Sunday. How is it delivered? But either way, he sent me Halloween 6. This is, you know, that special cut, the special director's cut of the unrated extended. Man, I thought you said you were going to watch that later. That thing's still in I, the class. He's just as bad as you are, Nathan. I did. I bet, you know what? I bet he's gonna like go to Walmart and try to like return that, even though I didn't buy it from there. <laughs> return everybody that's on cheap. I am. You're right. I did not watch this yet. I told him I would. I didn't. So I'm sorry, I lied. But I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. But uh, I don't want to thank you because you know me. I don't like taking gifts. I always tell everybody, don't send me nothing. I don't. Oh, I know. I, I had to. I had to like. This has been a year in the making. You trying to get him that copy of Halloween. Yep. I had to drive an hour out of my way. Meet up with a special confidant who uh, luckily somehow snaked your address and gave it to me. And it could have been the wrong one for all I know. Yeah. Thanks. He did say he was meeting in like a parking garage. The guy was wearing a trench coat. He had like an eyepiece over his eyes, you know, and he kept asking Nathan a bunch of questions. And he kept, he kept doing this with his hands. And I started to get a little scared because I, <laughs> you know. I, I know that you got them all out there. Your your cult of a motto. So no, and like when people do, I appreciate it. I just I never want somebody to send them, especially when I think, oh god, man, what's that going to cost them? Like today, uh, uh, somebody on Facebook, you know, uh, well, it's our buddy who also listens to the podcast, Janish, and he was like, "What's your address?" He's like, "Could you give it to me? I want to send you something." Or however, he said, "I said nope." And then you guys told me, "Oh, he just wants to do a Christmas card." I was like. Okay, then that's fine because I was not wanting him to send presents or gifts or nothing. So I picture Joe walking around like George C. Scott in a Christmas Carol, just telling people, you know, if they would rather die, they should perhaps just do it and, and decrease the surplus population. And <laughs> what know, a Joe's walking around with his mask and a top hat, and you know, I don't make merry myself, and 
you know, he, instead of, you know, turning the heat on, he sits in a cold, drafty house eating spoo in a bowl and gets visited by, you know, the ghosts of me and Nathan, even though we're not dead. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. what, a, what a Christmas carol that would be. That would be you terrible. Know? But and I then, know. Like, Joe's visited, like, you know, the live version of me, but he's also being visited by the ghost of me. And, you know, like, he's walking around, like, seeing what life would be like if we, you know, I don't know, I'm getting confused. Uh, it's a wonderful life, the Christmas carol now. You ever seen that spoof from Beavis and Butthead with the making fun of him? It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen Beavis. I mean, why is I wouldn't kill myself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, that's a this is a He-Man podcast, right? Yeah. yeah I've never seen Beavis. I've never seen South Park. Never seen that. And I think I've seen one episode of Seinfeld. Drove me nuts. But yeah, well, yeah. Hey, yeah oh, so doesn't it though? That's all. That's all you need is one episode of Seinfeld to just be like, you know what? Yeah, this this is driving me crazy, and it sucks, and it's not for me. I mean, this, I mean, obviously, people love it. It's, it was a super popular TV show. It just wasn't my thing, and I don't have any like you know bad thoughts against people saying, "Oh, you watch that stupid show." Hell, they love it. They love it. I've watched. I will say this: I hate Friends with a passion. So when people say, "Oh, I love Friends with Ross and, and Joey and, and Chandler and all the other you know idiots on the show," I, <laughs> well, I think like, we got to hmm. let's transition back to Heat Man. Now we did our well. But yeah, before I, because I'm going to go ahead and bounce here in a second. And I know, I know the chat, and there might be a couple that be like, no, don't do that. But the one thing I did want to show off, just in case anyone was interested in this, because the Walmart kind of broke street date on this. It's not with their new release stuff. It might not be at all the Walmarts either, because out of the three around us locally, this was the bigger one, and they have more of a selection. But uh, over, they have like a little superhero section with different sets and stuff. But uh, bam, Batman Animated Series Blu-ray. This is not supposed to come out until Tuesday. And I was just going to kind of quickly show it off. The one thing here, you got the three Funko Pops. I don't I don't really care about that. I mean, I have some, but this this is to me, that's just not even why did they do that? Yeah, Yeah. I guess just capitalizing on the popularity Uh, real quick comes with lenticular cards. So try to quickly Those look show good these frame. yeah i was th- i was kind of thinking about maybe just like putting them all puzzle of that one with two-face and batman yeah i used to have a puzzle of that try to get them where it's like minimal clear uh, a lot of the classic promo images from the yeah. show i recognize a lot of them yeah, and i think there's one of these coming up i'll actually have to turn the other way uh batman and batman and catwoman there yeah, yeah. that's cool uh yeah there we go joe's like who are these people <laughs> This is a uh, this is clown guy and uh, jester lady. Yeah, there yeah. we go. And I bet that, that was I bet that was expensive too. Wasn't it? I bet it was about a seventy dollars set. Uh, more. Oh, never mind. That has to be one hundred twenty or no, something. No, it, it, it was ninety. It's actually uh, cheaper getting it there at Walmart than it is on Amazon right now. But as you can see, they do move a little bit right there. And then uh, kind of the the main event of this whole thing is kind of the one thing I don't really enjoy about this set. So it comes here. And then this slides out and it comes in like this, this book form. So you open it up here and then you kind of get a little blurbage from Alan Burnett, but then it's like they, they had the discs in here and I was showing Tyler before we got going. My main problem is you have to put your thumb here and kind of like slide it out. And then it sort of stops right there and it sort of snugs. So, yeah. Yeah. And granted know. it is a Blu-ray, so it's probably not really going to scratch that much, but I just, I don't like that because even I on understand. some of these. Yeah. So I think I'm going to buy like a extra case that can just hold them all together and it's just a normal. And you said that's the entire series. Yeah. It's the entire series and it comes with uh, the Sub-Zero movie 
Sub-Zero. Yeah, the Mr. Freeze move. Yeah, I know. I was saying it, and then I started thinking about Mortal Kombat for whatever reason. Man, I'm just a big sucker for... I wish they would have... You know, when I showed... You know, because I think Tyler said he never... Well, he never did play the Sega CD version of Batman and Robin. No. But remember, I showed you those cutscenes from between the game, and damn, it was like its own cartoon. I was like, that sucks that they couldn't have put all those scenes into a special thing, clean them up, and put them on that, because there's so many people in the Batman animated series that never even knew about that game with those cutscenes. It's and it had the voices. It had it was animated between. It's it was like its own episode. Oh, and he kind of like froze right there too. That was kind of weird, wondering, right? Everyone just like did it, no one just care about what Joe just said. We're just gonna sit here and like. No, I know. I right. think I think that's neat. I, I don't. Maybe they they should have included something like that. And I was kind of yeah. reading the the chat too, and someone asked Mask of Phantasm too. Yes, it's actually in the set as well. And then there's also uh, a bonus disc that. Crank this back out again, real quick. Uh, bonus Jabber disc. D I wanted to say hello to Jabber DG real quick in the chat room as well. There, there is a bonus disc. Uh, the Heart of Batman: A Rare Gathering of Talent Defined Batman for a Generation. Twenty five years later, Batman the Animated Series continues to inspire fans. So I'm assuming it's kind of like a, a mini documentary. I'm not yeah. sure. And then, uh, concepting Harley Quinn. And then also, as as it was before, you know, you got uh, commentaries on some of the episodes and and such. But. Uh, this is limited edition packaging, so I'm sure after this initial wave, they will probably release it in a traditional sense. Probably maybe how they did with the DVDs and do it like three volumes, four volumes, what have you. I'm not entirely sure or if this will just sort of be it, but it also does come with uh, a digital copy code. So I, I, I will probably plan on using that. So I have that here on the computer when Tyler and I do capes and commentaries. I was going to lead to that. Little plug there, yeah. If yeah, you like just Batman, we plug. just did an episode. We did a commentary for Bane. If yeah. you are not familiar with that extra podcast that we do, <laughs> Batman character butt plugs is what Eric Heyman referred to these as. Yeah, these things are like tiny and pointless. I just yeah, just, I think I, I, that's the reason it's up to ninety dollars for those little piss ant pops. I, w I would hope not, but yeah. There we go. Yeah. So there, there's little, little, little. Is that exclusive or do they sell those separately? Because sometimes they have some that are exclusive to a, a uh, box, set, which, which for collectors of that, I mean, it's a nice little bonus feature for throwing something like that in just to give you extra little figures for free. Well, I'm I not, guess. I'm not entirely sure, but honestly, like the look of the Joker here is not even like, oh, come on, like, come on. I just, yeah, there are people that like them. Hell, if you don't like them, sell them suckers off. I'm sure you'll find people that might want to buy them. But if I, it is, I could. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened when I got my one uh, Jason Voorhees shirt. It was packed in a Funko-style gigantic like case, and at the bottom had an exclusive Jason figure that came right with that. But Well, Nathan, thanks for sharing yeah. it with everybody, because I'm sure now people can know to go get it if they haven't, and uh, we'll probably transition into Masters. But Yeah, finally, you guys can talk about He-Man about 20 minutes into this thing, huh? <laughs> well, we did. We kind of started off and then did a little back-and-forth tangent, but it happens, and everybody knows. Boy, do you guys just feel like you had to, like... We got to tell Tyler that people just love Rawhead, right? Well, so that really, was just I a little bit. You two for not just starting out, letting everyone know, hey, who is ready to talk some He Man? It's like, ah, hell with that, man. How about there, there, them Rawhead Rexes? You people like that movie, right? Tyler, he didn't know anything. Go watch your Howard the Duck, Tyler, or something like that. Well, we're we're done with that now. So thanks for popping up, Nathan. I'm yeah. sure we'll see if you'll pop up later. But yeah, go have a good it. show, guys. All right. Okay, well, Tyler and everybody else in the chat room, 
we're going to get into our two topics, but also there was a third topic I didn't know if you've seen, but Loyal Subjects did show, uh, you know, recently some more pictures of the upcoming new Masters of the Universe figures. I didn't know if you've seen them, Tyler, if others have, you know, haven't seen I just them. saw a picture today, actually. That's completely news to me, but I, I saw it was like Battle Cat, Battle Armor, He-Man, Stinkor, Orko, and I think... Merman. I don't know. Yeah. Merman, yeah. Yeah, Merman, and they looked cool, because I seen the other ones, like, that were leaked, that... I mean, how do you know things when they're leaked or not? It just pops up. It's all over Facebook everywhere. And then suddenly things get pulled and people are like, oh, that was a leaked photo. But, you know, when you're first seeing it, I, of course, right when I see something new, I take the picture and then I start sharing. And everybody's like, that's leaked. I'm like, whoops, sorry. Now it's you know, it's everywhere else. But I know that they're supposed to be making King Randor. I believe they made Fisto and mm -hmm. Osiris, but I don't think they showed them officially yet. I don't think. Like I said, don't quote me. But... You weren't part, I mean, you weren't here last week when we were talking about Orko. That is one of the coolest damn Orko looking figures I've seen. I just got to see if the scale is exactly like classic, smaller, or bigger. But Merman and Stinkor look good. And what's good about seeing Stinkor is you see the Mechanek armor. So it kind of makes you think, okay, I'm sure we should be getting Mechanek then because they have the armor now sculpted and made. So I can imagine them putting extensions on to give a long neck. But for collectors of loyal subjects who were tired of getting hundreds of variants, at least now you can get a new set of figures, and I think it should be in window boxes. I might be wrong, but at least you don't have to do that blind back or blind box stuff that a lot of people don't. That's like. the only reason I will not buy those things. Period. I am not wasting excessive money on things. I'm like, I, I get you're trying to get as much money as you can, but that it's just cruel. It's cruel to fans to do that. I just, if you're gonna charge 15 bucks, at least let me know. I'd be getting Stinkor and not another variant. Yeah, and hopefully they will be window boxed like some of the recent ones. Their horror ones did those as well. And just like I said, some of those had a, like one out of every case would have this black tinted window. It was like a window box, but it doesn't guarantee you're going to get a chase figure just because it's tinted. Because as I told Nathan last week, when I got my tinted one, it had a regular Freddy figure that you can get, you know, in the clear one. So, but I, I seen my two Jasons like, oh, there's a Jason, there's a Jason. That's all I care about. I'm not chasing for a, a metallic jumpsuit version and I don't care. So yeah, if they show us those, I think that'd be good for fans, especially when you get those rotten people that are ripping them from the bottom or top. And then mm -hmm. you get to the cases and they're open. I'm like, oh, that's, that's terrible. All the boxes and some of our missing weapons. like, don't they watch these aisles? I mean, you, you figure you somehow. No, not really. It's I mean, that's kind of one of the things you always. I mean, of course, when you're buying the stuff at Walmart, I mean, you, you find stuff trashed on every aisle. So yeah, no, no one's watching. No one cares. Only, only up at the front of the store is is it possible to get caught with stuff. I mean, it just um, yeah. But I I, pro I probably won't buy them anyway, just because it, it's just they're just so expensive for such small figures i mean it really is i i just for me the one that was just the best price i said was orco because a lot of people never got orco from the classics version and on the secondary market he goes pretty damn expensive and i always say well hell i'll never understand why the classics line is so much more expensive than the vintage line that you could that you could go get a, a vintage orco complete magic trick and all well, I, for, I just well carded. We know that vintage carded is super expensive. But as yes. for loose on a lot of figures, remember those were made for fans when there were droves of millions of fans, so they were pumping out tons of them. So there's tons that exist. But as for classics, since it's a limited run and a lot of people got into it late, now that they're like, I didn't know about this classics line, 
and not many pop up on eBay as they do for vintage. Yeah, the prices for them, they are a little more expensive loose just because there's it's a limited run. But I'm sure if those were produced in the vast amounts as the vintage ones, yeah, those prices probably wouldn't be as high as you know they are right now. Probably not. I just, I just, I just think it's it's really unfair for people that have you know because Nathan has, has tried to build up his collection of classics and you know he's he's un, been able to un, or unable I should say to get you know Skeletor and He Man. You know he forked over a lot of cash to get Trap Jaw loose and he was missing a weapon still. So I just, I just feel like it's um, you know, it just sucks that the people who if if they're they keep repeating and and you know. Well, not, I guess they're really not repeating. I guess I'm thinking about Super 7 doing those re-releases of He-Man and Skeletor again. Well, you're talking about the filmation style Yeah, ones? When, I, when that was announced, I just rolled my eyes. And was, well, wow. for that, I'm happy for the fans that, again, what you just said, don't have to pay those inflated prices on eBay because even loose filmation versions of He-Man and Skeletor were going like 150 close to 200 Dude, I, I mean, I'm not that impressed with the He-Man and Skeletor filmation. Like, I'm really not. Like, I, I, would, I would rather they, you know, re-release the ultimate version on the exploding, you know, card back with the... You know, He-Man with the three different heads for fans or something like well, that. Well, there's Instead many, just... though. I mean, there are many fans that love that filmation He-Man and Skeletor. They do look great, but they don't want to pay those nutty prices. So I got to give it at least to Super 7 for releasing them now to fans who are just coming around. They can get them, and they can get them at a much cheaper price. They're not going to pay 150 to 200 But, you know, for many fans who've already had it, they don't see the desire. But at least it does help some people, you know, because the prices, like you said... They get a little too high, and to to some extent, or a well, very—it's it's just really, really unnerving and, and just ridiculous for people that go in there and want to you know, want to charge you know three hundred bucks for a Fisto or a Shadow Weaver or something like that. I mean, and grant, I know some figures are more rare than others. Yes, but yeah. but I mean, for some, I mean, for like those first four or five waves of figures, I kind of feel like, come on, guys, you guys, this is ridiculous, man. I just assume go and I mean, if you're going to fork over that much cash, you're better just buying a vintage figure on card because a lot of the vintage figures you can get them for un some of them for under a hundred bucks, you know. And I was like, dude, do that. It varies, but again, you're it's all different types of collectors. Some people, yeah, you don't want yeah. anymore. I mean, if there's those who love everything, but some people say, hey, they love the look of the classics. They love all the articulation. They want to leave the vintage ones alone. Say, forget it. But then there's those that will still go after them, and they will pay the big prices for the carded figures of those vintage. And it looks nice. I mean, I've never been one to wear when I was a kid. I didn't keep everything carded I played with, but some people love that. And you got to admit, when you look at it, it's like, it looks cool, and it almost looks like a store. Like, wow, look at their entire wall full of all those carded vintage figures. It is a sight to behold. Oh, no. I mean, that's one of my most prized possessions are, are my, my commemorative figures and my vintage figures meant on card. I mean, it's that was one of the – that's part of the – experience of getting he-man toys was seeing the the chrome lettering and the exploding red rock i mean that that's to me it's it pops even more than the figure by itself like it, it's part of the the appeal and what drew us all in when we saw those figures at your local hills or best or brindles or kmart or roses or you know or, or miss mark you know when you talk about that when you're talking about the beautiful you know card art the exploding rocks everything else from the vintage stuff 
when the 2000X figures came with that mm. just really bland, boring, nothing front, and then the even worse back where it just had pictures of the actual figures, not even like little drawings like how the other ones the did. The cross-sell art, yeah. yeah just give us something. But... Yeah, cross-sell art with a piece of art at the top. It's just the figures. It was just... It was nothing that you'd want to save. I was not like, oh my god, I gotta save that to look at the front or the back. Or it's like, just tossed it. And then here yeah. came the, you know, in the classics, wh whose idea was that? Just godforsaken greenish yellow. Ugh. It was just. I think that was gone. Scott too, because I. Oh, I, I didn't. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure, and and I know Scott has addressed it that. Oh, he did. Wanted, okay. Well, yeah, because you know he was aware that people were not too keen on the box art. Because it's very flat, uninspiring, and, and just it it's it kind of diminishes the figure in the box because it just doesn't look as exciting. And it was one of those things like, well, where do we put the money? Do we put the money in more weapons and uh, extra heads, or a mini comic, or change the packaging? And I, I think the packaging was just like it's cheap, and he gets <laughs> the figure out. Oh, well, I, I think that was one of the biggest things. And of course, I think another concern was, well, if you start changing the packaging now. They're going to get complaints for men on card collectors like, well, I've already got the first five figures in this grand. Now you went and done this, man. It looks awesome. You know, just you're going to get complaints either way. So, but I, I do remember him addressing that. And me personally, I mean, I was going to, I kept the packaging for a while just because I was like, I got to keep every, all of it. And I'm like, I don't need this ugly ass packaging. So I threw it all away and I've kind of thrown them all away since. If it looked like this, you know, and we had more Errol McCarthy art. Or Axel doing the card art, or Kevin, we had you doing the art. Yep. Um, you know, yes. Rudy O'Brien doing some nice paintings. Rudy O'Brien, yeah, I would do. be more inclined to keep the box art and stuff like that, even though I really can't afford to keep anything extra anymore because I out of room. I'm done. I'm tapped out in this place. Yeah. I cannot. Well, I gotta yeah, I do say that. I will give it to at least that was great for classics when they had Rudy Obrero come aboard to do some of the, you know, for Castle Grayskull and some of the other box sets for vehicles. Like, that's great to see that beautiful art again. It kind of like was a little redeeming factor to make yes. up for the, you know, such bland figure ones. Because then now I can rate it to where, okay, vintage, best packaging, classics because of Rudy, Rudy coming in. And, you know, like you said, Axel doing things for stuff, saving the day. And then 2000X will still always just be the worst passion. I mean, yeah, well, well, Val told us that Mattel spent millions and millions of dollars on that line. I'm like, where did it go? <laughs> what did they spend $10 on the packaging design for the boxes? And I just hate it. I hated seeing the vehicles, the war whale or anything. There's the war whale. Yeah, it, it was. No. Some of the, and I, I don't know if, and I, I it, it would be fun to get one of the horsemen on the podcast at some point, you know, I don't, I, one of them, you know, to ask him about that kind of stuff. I mean, because I, you know, I, I think most of the vehicles were not that exciting. I mean, they really, I, I, the, you know, do the comparison though, real quick. Think of all three Castle Grayskull's box arts. It just, I know you, everybody knows, just picture that 2000 X one in your head. Oh, don't tell me you have the box. No, not no. that one, but I've got this one. Yeah, well, there you go. At least that is a sight to behold. If that wouldn't suck a kid into a toy island up to something, I don't know what would. Yeah, I just, when you look at this, I mean, I mean, nothing beats this. I mean, I, this, of, of all the, uh, I got this for like 20 bucks with Castle Grayskull complete. No Talk shit. Talk about or, how, how much okay. times have changed. Wow. Now, that's a hell of a sight. And the classics ones, hell of a sight. 
But then when you get that 2000X, it's just, again, a picture of the castle on the front with, like, the eyes glowing or something. I can't even remember. It was way, it was pictures of the figure standing in oh. front of Castle Grayskull, the most unimaginative, you know, marketing look. I'm like, you can put banners of the figures, like, you know, He-Man Skelter. This is the Master Universe section. It's a local Walmart. But everything else was just so lazy. It just, it did not, I mean, for us, it was exciting just to see He-Man. But for new kids, it was not, not something that was going to, draw you in i mean i very few times that i see kids and i did see it on occasion kids like oh man i want battle cat i'm like oh we're, we're doing good here this is so well, this is wonderful and then it just flops because of too many smash blades and spin blades yeah yeah, yeah it's like you said we ran that you know discussion into the ground yeah a lot. we won't do that again but uh, yeah but yeah but it's very uninspiring but now we could at least get into another topic I was talking about on my wall the you know the vintage Masters of the Universe magazines with always just amazing beautiful art from Earl Norum that were always on there and posters inside. But what a lot of people forgot were those posters had stories. Now were they some of the most epic stories in the world? No, but it was still interesting, something cool, and it made you think, hey, if they did an actual whole comic with this, you know, like let's say Star Marvel style or DC style, what could they have possibly done? But you know, it had a different, it, not all the comics were drawn by the same person or had the same style of art either. But these got forgotten because a lot of people just took their posters, hung them up on a wall. And if they got ripped, they threw it away and they forgot that the stories are, are on the posters, which that was the one thing. Like, oh, damn, you know, you wish they could have thought of another way. But, hey, I'm sure they were limited to their amount of pages. And well, given of, your uh, your choices, you're picking the poster over the comic strip. No matter, I don't care what story you want. And that's, and that's, what's, that's what I mean. That's what sucks. It's like, damn, why couldn't you have put, if anything, put the goofy ads on the damn back of the post, you know, those parts. If they could have did something. But I think maybe that would have ran too many ads in a row. You know how they have to have a certain style of doing something. So when you unfold it, something happens. But... This story, it's the armies of King Hiss. And of course, it was a cool little start with Cyclone and Prince Adam on the jet sled. They're going to have a race to see who can make it to the palace first. King Hiss is there with Skeletor and, of course, I think uh, Ratlor. Cobra Kong, Tongue Lasher. Yeah, they're all there. But, of course, Prince Adam gets caught in a, an attempt to try to get He-Man to come. Of course, he, you know, Prince Adam, when nobody's looking, turns into He-Man. But I liked one part... It's, I don't know if this was ever explored anymore. I figured you might know if there was something, but I like the part where He-Man, he's going to uproot this tree. He rips this tree up, and he's going to use it to knock back a giant boulder that Spydor threw at him, mm -hmm. which I think that's cool, too, that Spydor yeah. is used more in you know something else to some degree. But then He-Man picks up a tree. He's going to use it as a bat, and then King Hiss uses his magic to like you know turn that tree into a giant serpent. And I was like, did he ever turn any kind of trees or wood into a living snake before? There, I will say there in the episode the arena when when Skeletor and Heman are duking it out, Skeletor uh, creates a, a a snake and throws it at Heman, and when Heman throws it off, it kind of collapses together and becomes a log. Okay. So, not but King Hiss has never. But has King Hiss ever shown that ability any other? I mean, no. has he shown that? Oh, okay. Not, uh, unless, unless Grambot comes along and proves me wrong within five seconds here. Five seconds. Just so. say in the UK story, they actually had this in this particular Which issue. Which that doesn't <laughs> count. You know. Well, they had some good-ass stories, but damn. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm just waiting for him to do it. You know, if, if he tells, if, if it's from some 
Guatemalan, you know, pamphlet that came with the the Yugoslavian Argentinian knockoff of, of anti 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 attorney he man. I'm like, foul. I'm calling foul. But this is this is what kind of always would spark my interest is seeing something different that you might not have seen in the mini comics for a particular character and seeing a different power makes you wonder. You know, was this something that just came out of the head of the person that was writing the story, or is it something with working with Mattel? Like, is this something you guys wanted? Did you want us to add this? I always would love to know the behind the scenes stuff of what makes these certain powers and things pop up in things that aren't anywhere else. I think most of the stuff that we see in Star Comics and and the Mac this particular uh, comic strip in the magazine i think a lot of it just really comes off as like they're trying to come up with something because they're probably not given a whole lot to go with so therefore create something create peril danger whatever you look at these characters and assume oh well uh he's a lord of snakes well maybe he could just turn stuff into snakes or something i could just see it being that and nothing really more than that because it's 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 it's, it's a very quick dismissive uh bit of action in it. So I, sure. I kind of say it as just something that they, uh, you know, uh, because a lot of these characters don't have consistent powers as we see, you know, some, I mean, like we see mosquito or flying, which makes sense that he would, you know, but he doesn't. And, um, you see that in star comics or, uh, I was trying to think of another example or Cobra Khan being a, a, a member of the snake men, um, consistently and not, ever reporting back to Skeletor or something like that. You know, it's, I mean, but I just look at it as that's the charm of this line. All the inconsistencies allows you to pick and choose. You think Mosquito would fly? Therefore, if you think King Hiss could turn a giant tree, an uprooted tree into a giant snake, you could say that because it did happen. Yeah. Um, I liked when it went back to then the log, then it was like in the form of how that snake was, but now yeah. it's like in a broken log form. I thought it was cool. Like I said, it's a quick story, but it's still something you would think, how cool could that have been maybe animated or in an expanded story of like a comic book going over 20 pages, even a mini comic. Do you think what could they have added to make that a little cool? Of course, I know anytime you always loved anytime they showed the jet sled or any of those yes. things. I know you always liked it. So I was always wondering what you thought of that, you know, in general of the story and what you thought maybe could have been added upon to make it even cooler. That was the first magazine I picked up when I was when I got into eBay, and I think it was the summer before my senior year. And it was the first one I got, and I kept hoping that Mac, the uh, post was going to be with it, and it wasn't. Oh. But uh, part of the comic strip was, and then I had to rebuy it with the poster and got to see all the comic. But uh, it was fine. I mean, all the comic strips I thought were fine. I, I didn't think any of them were – I mean, they're, they are meant for kids, so th there's not going to be a whole lot of things that you could see as an adult. Like, wow, that was pretty cool they did that. They're just simple, fun comic strips for you know for young kids to. Cause, I mean, because the heart was in the right place to have a magazine that's got, you know, kids sending in fan mail. You've got beautiful poster uh, and art artwork by Earl Norm. You've got a comic strip, then you've got stories, like that are just kind of written. I think in like like in the Shearer magazine too, where it's just yeah. a story with like a picture or two, but it goes for like right. two or three pages. And they did in the He Man magazine too, where it's just a story that goes over like you know, two or three pages. There's no pictures except maybe around the borders. Um, yeah, one of those she stories, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how many were done, but I know Earl Norm did even some of the interior stories of that because, I mean, uh, you know, we didn't get those gigantic, like, Earl Norm-style she posters, at least from back then. I don't remember him doing yeah, that. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but, too, because, yeah. you know, when he did some of the covers for the uh, the Golden Books, like, why did he did do yeah. posters for she -Ra? 
Yeah, because I don't know if it was the story of She-Ra. I forgot what they called the one that he did. Like you said, that Golden Book soft cover, but he had that beautiful piece. But Sword of She-Ra. The... Oh, okay. Thank you. There. All right. So we got yeah, that. Yeah, it's got Sorceress in the clouds holding your hand out. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. Oh, man. I tell you, that that is a... I, I mean, not just because of Shira, but the source being depicted as a cloud yeah, holding her hand, over. hand out it's to Shira and looking up in the sky. It's you, you see, you see, uh, Noel Johnson Stevenson, whatever the hell. Her <laughs> oh name is. boy, here we go. No, you know, if you're just... wanting to know what, how, what, or how Shira did be depicted, you look at that children's book cover that you think you're so above. It's that a... is how Shira should be depicted. That's what you should be going for is you know that alone tells you what this character is about how they should be portrayed the maturity level there how powerful and beautiful at the same time the character it's, should be depicted so, it's a hell of a beautiful piece and, and, and like, I, i'm just i'm hating more and more images of that godforsaken cartoon keep popping up where it's like here's an image of both here's an image of, i'm like oh man but luckily yeah. i see a lot of angry faces popping up too so i'm yeah. just you know and just to let you know, Earl also did when I was telling you those interior story pages, he drew that art to make the story. So his lack of not having posters, at least you had beautiful pieces, yes. which he did depict Bo as well. And it was just an amazing looking piece. Anything Earl did was fantastic. But yeah. also, Febmon, thank you for joining us in the chat room as well. Just popped up. But no, that's what I mean. So th these head cool stories, and that's what it all spawned from. It was like good posters, good stories, but... I, I miss those days. I miss the days of having an amazing magazine that's not just, God, hold on, let me grab that. Not just about the covers, not just about the posters, but, I mean, inside they have, like, little games, little, like, stuff like this. They have, like, this section called Create a Vehicle. I was hoping you were going to show that yep. because the vehicle that Cobra Khan is sitting in and that issue. Yep. Which I Oh, man, I love that. Yeah, because you've seen first the backpack that Man Mantena's on, but then... You see the rattle trap, the upscaler, but you see these cool things like, yeah, damn. The, the, yeah, the rattle trap. I when I got that magazine, I thought that would be an awesome vehicle. And you were waiting for them. That's what I mean. I was waiting for all these vehicles, and then you could draw your own. But I never wanted to wreck my magazines. But I was like, oh my god, I was waiting for them. It's like, okay, I got Blaster Hawk. Oh my god, that backpack's gonna be amazing. Oh, that rattle trap, and and I thought some of these. I didn't know. I couldn't remember, and maybe Grimbot could uh, confirm it. But I thought some of these. Maybe we're possibly going to be made, but just didn't. I don't know. Maybe that's me just making up crap in my head. But damn it, it was cool. I like the upscaler. You remember how that was back yeah. in the day? There was the big suction cup craze yeah. that was going on with everything. Oh, if you could have had something with suction cups going like up a wall or even you sticking. That's, that's what I mean. This thing's, these were loaded. And I was like, I missed that we can't get stuff like this anymore from, you know, find the weird picture games or, yeah. or it just. It's oh, like, look at that, that one on the Meteorbs there, too. Oh, yeah, and the Meteorbs. I like that, too. It's like, damn, at least we got some depiction of Meteorbs in some form. Cool. But it's just, you don't get this physical stuff no more. It's all, it has to be, you know, online. But then it still doesn't have this character to physically hold something like this. And think in the day, a $1.95 got you giant posters. You didn't have to pay $50 to $100 for posters. For $1.95, got a cool ass magazine you got one or two posters in some cases and you got all that extra content and just everything's like I, I just wish something like this could come back i, I don't know yet yeah, it's me probably being nostalgic but man i would love i don't know about the people in the chat room or you but i would just love for this to come back something i would too because i don't 
you know, I, I hate that some some of the posters that are being sold right now, they're very expensive. I mean, to the point where I'm like, I, I you know, for that price, I, I'm better off just buying original artwork from Axel and Kevin, you know, and, and, and kind of come up with my own image. Um, it's it's just, you know, I, I hate that some of them cost so much. They're beautiful pieces of artwork. They really are. But, I mean, those right there, you, mean, you can go on eBay and get some of those posters on their own for like, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks because some of them are more hard to find, especially the last couple of issues. Um, and I would much rather do that. Yeah. Uh, and just get, I mean, getting them complete. Like those last two issues, like the, the one with uh, the, the, the really long fold-up poster of the Assault on Grayskull where it's got He-Man, Real Blast, and Battle Cat. I know. Going to join that, the battle with Clamp Champ, Blade, Snout Spout, Ninja. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or the one where He-Man's riding a lion and Skelter's commanding a herd of elephants in Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I still to this day like I don't own either one of those issues of the magazine because they're hard to find, and when I do find them, they want a lot of money. For them. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how or why that is because you know I, I remember I thought I would never track down the first issue, which has got my one of my absolute top three uh, favorite posters, which is you know He Man, Buzz Off, and Fisto versus uh, Whiplash, Webster, and Clawful, and. um I got it from Mile Hay Comics for like twenty bucks, complete with all the posters and the second issue with Hordak on the girl with the Horde poster that's that's behind me back uh, here. Yeah. Well, actually, both of them are right there. Excuse me. Um, but so for some, I've often wondered how do people know those last two issues of the magazine? What is it about those that um, makes them so much more expensive? I've never well, understood that. And that's the thing I don't know. I mean. I, you know, okay, when some things run their course with certain subscriptions, it makes you wonder if there was a limited print run. See, these are things I don't know. I don't have numbers on. But you wondered if, yeah, they started getting less and less subscriptions. So they started making less magazines, which since now there's, you know, a smaller amount to own, increases the price, especially ones that could be complete. Because like you said, half of those damn magazines, the posters were ripped right out. Yeah. So to find one that has that poster and the later runs, I guess that could make sense. There was just probably the subscription numbers. Maybe we're just, you know, starting to go down. And even remember, stores would order the magazines. If those weren't selling as much, they probably started ordering less amounts of magazines to go to Toys R Us, KB, or wherever else they got them to. Because you remember when Toys R Us would have those magazines, and it was said Toys R Us right at the bottom barcode. No, I don't know that because I... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the magazine had, had pretty I think it was pretty much done. Um because I got into He Man eighty seven. The last run of the magazine was I think in early eighty eight or eight or late eighty seven. Because they had issues uh you know celebrating the movie coming out. It was like two issues devoted to the movie, and then you've got one because there was an issue with the Christmas uh, uh paper, the Earl like Norm Chris, Christmas uh, Christmas wrap. Yeah, yeah. All, you know, so I that had to come out in Christmas '87. Could you imagine somebody doing that? Oh God, I never would want to. With somebody taking the poster wrap and wrap, and then it gets ripped and destroyed. Like, whoa! Yeah, as if like I I, I couldn't imagine as a kid wanting to use that for Christmas wrap. Even if I was old enough, you know, at the time, I'm like I I I'm like I would want to wrap up a present and it, I just it, it it's beautiful Christmas artwork. Like I I just even though it's. It's having Blade and Skeletor, and I think the Sorcerer's Man. I'm singing a Christmas Carol together. You get Heman wrapping a present, 
Clamp Champ and Snout Spout are like riding on a, on a snow sled with a bag of presents, but it's all Earl Norm paintings. Like, oh, yeah. this is tremendous. It's wonderful. You know, yeah, why, why can't why can't we get, you know, that reprinted or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or the or the parts where it was the greeting section that I always love to talk about. Those are like forgotten Earl Norm pieces to most people. There's of yes. course one yeah. yeah. Like some they remember. One of my favorite ones is uh is like he now with like a Shaka Zulu like character, yes. like an African tribal warrior. That yes. just looks really cool. Yeah, that one was cool. The one where there was like it looked like in Britannia. That yeah. one was another great one. The one that seems like everybody knows is that iconic one of movie He-Man and Gwildor. It's like that's the one yep. everybody shows, but it's like there was more than that. And I wish God, I don't know if those could be unearthed. I don't know if there's clean versions of those without all the text around it. Because man, like you said, each one of those would just be a great poster piece to frame if they all exist. That, all that stuff. What I mean, I know they've done like you know the like Earl Norm sets for like PowerCon and stuff like that. Um, and I may, maybe those have got a lot of, them. I, but I, I know they're all prints that like they're not like a large like poster that like what came in the magazines. Yeah, um, maybe if, if someone could, has got the Earl Norm set, you know, let us know. Yeah, I'd like to hear somebody say it in the chat room because I thought the majority of those were his actual, the main poster ones, but I don't know if any of them were those greetings from Eternia part, which... Yeah, I think most uh, of them were probably the posters, not not like a lot of the interior artwork. I mean, one of the issues, one of the later issues, too, has got, uh, you know, He-Man on Bionotops, and you got Turbodactyl and Tyrannosaurus Rex, but there's no poster of that. It's just an original painting he did. And the poster, I was trying to think, it's a, it's a separate poster. It's like a completely different poster um, in that magazine, too. And I cannot remember what the poster was, though. But I, I always thought that that was such an awesome-looking cover with He-Man and the Dinosaurs, but it's not the actual interior poster, though. Well, oh. yeah, because I know one of them where he's writing, like, on Biamatops and he has a sword. It's just He-Man doing that. I know that one was another greetings one. Yeah. That was, that no, was but there's there's a separate like it was just a cover of the magazine with He-Man and the three dinosaurs. Because yeah, oh, a lot of times yeah. Okay. That's uh oh what issue was that? I even thought that if what you're talking about, wasn't that even on the cover as well of that one magazine? Oh no, well if I'm thinking that. of the right one, at... if I'm thinking what you're thinking, I thought there was one that did have Jesus. No, I went blank. But I thought there was one issue that had all the dinosaurs and He-Man, and it was on the cover. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's on the cover, but it was not the inside poster. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I yeah. didn't hear it. You are correct, and I don't know why that didn't happen. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I kind of misheard what you said. But that was a confusing one that they finally had a beautiful cover piece that wasn't a poster, because usually everyone you've seen that was on the cover, I thought was a poster. For the most part, I mean, aside from like the Horde issue, which that beautiful painting of Horde at looking at that crystal. Crystal, yeah. That yeah. should have been a poster too, but it wasn't. Um, All these damn things that, man, the ones we would love to see without text and logos. You're right. That damn crystal, Pete. Or that crystal. That one, and uh, I was trying to think of it because most of the magazines we got, like there was a poster of He-Man on, on the Lion. There's a poster of the uh, of He-Man and Rio Blast uh, going, uh, trying to save Castle Grayskull. Um... Oh, uh, so, yeah, the two movie issues uh, had just pictures from the movie on the cover. But they, they had, like, they had which one? Which one was the one that inside? Uh, oh no, that was actually the same cover. The one that, while I think is a beautiful piece, I always thought, what is the remember? I think it was issue fourteen, the space one. And oh <laughs> yeah, that's what that's a cover too, man. 
Yeah, it was that a- is really really cool. Yeah, cool cover. Just uh, just like uh, it's out there. No pun intended. But you know yeah. what? As great as it looks, I remember when I, I I made that my cover photo on Facebook one time, and my cousin contacted me because he's older than me, so he was a lot older when all the stuff was that was like. Dude, I love how just you just post all these like cool images of He Man. Like I don't know where you get them, but it's just it was just so cool that even to him, he's just like I don't know where that come from, but that is really cool looking. It is, you know? and, and like the one you were talking about, the one that had Turbodactyl and uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex and Diana Tops. That was the one that had the cool poster of something that I was like, "Are we getting these?" The ones that had the scuba tag and had the cliff climber and tower tools. That was oh, the interior. Oh, yes, post. I've got that one over here. Yeah. Oh, right back. You know why I couldn't see it? That's where your head is all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Over here, I've got I've got the use of. Oh, I love those accessories too: scuba attack, cliff climber, tower tools. I thought they were so cool looking. So that and plus Webster coming out of the moat. It's just yeah. it's just such a cool touch, and you know, I just and Skeletal using the cliff climber to drill into Grayskull. Like that's just so cool, man. Yeah, but it also sucks that. You know, we've seen him in that poster. We've seen him in a Star Marvel issue, and I thought maybe even one other thing, but yet we never got him here in the U.S. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a shame they were just um, not depicted that much in general. And I, I um, it's it's unfortunate because I, I hate that we didn't get that stuff over here. I do own two of those mitten box. You know, damn it, but, that um, is so bizarre. Why is it that the two covers of those magazines that both had? The dinosaurs, like you said, and the other one that had Skeletor and Tyrannosaurus Rex and He-Man and Bionatops, and the one ter- that was the one that had the Christmas wrapping poster. So why weren't either of those posters? They look so damn intense. I have no idea. And when I was on my hunt for those magazines, that was really disappointing because yeah, I, I thought was those expecting... would be the posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that was when you, I mean, because this was the early days, you don't, you're, you're still, I'm still trying to learn everything. And I just assume every magazine has got whatever's on the cover is on the inside. Because on that first issue, you've got the solo picture of He-Man holding the power sword up, which is on the cover. Oh, you've got the, the, the schematics of the Dragon Walker. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the big fight poster behind me here. So um, you just naturally were going to think that. Uh, and then there's one of the, of the uh, Christmas uh, float. Or the uh, Thanksgiving Day float. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. They're not uh, super intense, but yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah which is kind of lame looking, but um, but it's uh, that that's the, to me, that's one of the crown jewels of the He Man collection of memorabilia are those magazines because of Earl Norn's posters. Yep. Above all, of everything else, the magazines are fun. They're a fun little time castle things to see the like, you know, they're got articles about what movies are coming out, you know, around that time of year and stuff like that, too. But those posters, I think you could show that to anybody, anybody, um, even if they don't don't know anything about He-Man or vaguely remember it. You can't tell me that a poster of He-Man Skelter fighting in outer space in an asteroid field doesn't look like a serious ass kicker. It's really made everything look amazing. They really look cool. Yeah. Everything. It's just sad. We probably will never see anything like that again. It's it's a shame. Well, I mean, that's that's it's a shame that I know we've got guys out there who are very very talented who oh, could sure. make um, pieces of art were like that. They just need to be told. This is what we want from you guys. We want you guys to do an homage to Earl, some of Oral Gnome's work. Use your style and recreate the asteroid field battle, or use your style and recreate. Monstroid coming out of the ocean for the book for the book cover, you know. 
I think that's one of the most epic, underrated, underappreciated posters that Earl Nunn did was that book cover of Monstroid rising out of the ocean and a real blast, snout spot, extendar, and He-Man with his battle axe, all fighting him in the ocean. You can look, you can hear the sounds of the waves crashing on the rocks yeah. as they're all getting ready to duke it out with Monstroid. Oh, it's so cool, man. Yeah, because I don't know what I'm talking about. Google it right now. No, because again, that's another piece that I always loved, and I said it was intense. But I always picked, I you know I me, mean? just to be fun. I was like, I know what oh, you're gonna say. Yeah, you know what? It's Snout coming. Spout. Yep, snout spout. I was like, here he comes on. Well, hey, the jet sled again. It's like not just flying. He's using it as like you know, kind of a surfing oh. thing. But he's shooting water at Monstroy, who's oh, just immersed no. out of this water. Like that's not gonna do nothing. Shut but, up, Joe. But it does look cool as hell. So it was our point is. All these pieces just look fantastic, and it's a it's something lost in just it seems like modern uh, I don't know modern pop culture. Anyways, almost for all properties, you just really don't see this love. Everything used to be painted. They love doing paintings of almost anything you can think of, even the old VHS box you know covers that we always talked about. No matter what movie, it was a painting, and damn, it looked epic. The movie might have sucked, yeah. but wow, look at that piece. But yeah, so here's hope. You never know. Maybe someday something could happen. A magazine could return, and maybe it could help. Just, I don't know, ignite a little fire or something. You know, I, I, if we, if they were, you know, I think a fun, like, uh, magazine subscription for adult fans. Sure. You know, I think that would be fun. Permitting that we get, like, original artwork in every magazine by either Kevin or Axel or Rudy or Errol McCarthy. Something like that that motivates you to want to get a subscription for the magazine where, you know, you and I could do, like, an editorial blog about, you know, you know what really sucks about King Grayskull? You know, and I, I could do like a monthly, you know, rant about why the character sucks. It'd be great. And then you could do like a customizing corner or something like that. And uh, I mean, it, it would be great, you know. And because um, yeah, the other lost pieces, which, you know, kind of brought up the kind of discussion in, uh, to another extent, were the letters to He Man. I oh, lost yeah. it. Yeah, because the kids would write in a letter and it was like, because they believed it. They're like, hi, He Man. They actually thought they were writing into He Man. Yeah. I'm eight years old. I love you. I love Oracle Battle Cat. And I hope you beat up Skeletor. And I never wrote a letter in back then, but some of them would do a drawing of their favorite character, or they would just draw like, here's my own character. And they would show somebody unique and that kind of stuff. It's like, damn, just, just fun times. I never, like I said, I never had nothing sent that I sent in, but. Uh, I, I did enjoy I reading those when I got them as an adult. I'm like, it was just fun to look back and see what kids were writing to the magazine. And, uh, the yeah. the color the the crayon illustrations they would do and mm -hmm. stuff like that so it's it's a fun time capsule um, to go and just look at what you know um, the Earth Report that they had or Orco's Earth Report and stuff like that the uh, the letters to him and the greetings um, the greetings. posters um, I mean what was coming soon I mean there's updates for the movie in the magazine like the like in that one you got there I think it's the uh, announcement of Dolph Lundgren is going to be playing He Man. Yeah. So like back then for kids, when you're being told like this is how you get news about a new movie, Ivan Drago has been cast to play, you know, he man. I'm sure Joe went outside and started setting things on fire. I wasn't. I told you I was not happy when I heard. It, I was like, that's Drago. That's the guy that killed Apollo. I said, I hate that guy. I was like, why is he he man? <laughs> that left a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe it was another reason I just really didn't enjoy that movie back then. I mean, I've grown to like it now, appreciate it now. It's a great movie. But back then, oh, boy, I have so many issues. That damn 
Dolph Lundgren Drago. I was like, Drago, I gotta kill Apollo. He can't be in there. Piss me <laughs> off. But let me grab then, let me grab some more water real quick, Joe. I'll be right back. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm gonna address some of the fans of things they sent in uh to be mentioned. But I'll go okay, ahead. Okay, right, I'll be right back. Hang on. Okay. Well, earlier there was uh one fan who I addressed. His name's Patrick o- O'Keefe. And I told him I was going to give him a shout out on the podcast because he sent one message. He said he was born in 1979 and was a fan since the start of the franchise. And he started collecting Masters of the Universe only about a year ago. And it's really been a source of joy in his life. He said he just wanted to say that, you, got, you know, we do a great job. He's glad he found the podcast. Just keep, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And I told him I, I was going to give him a shout out and thank him for that. Along with he posted a picture. If you go to the Fans of Power Facebook page, he did a carving of a cool of Skeletor into a pumpkin. But it didn't look like the typical carving that sometimes when people carve out a pumpkin and pop out the holes and the lights to light it up, he did like a different way of carving into the pumpkin so it's not protruding and popping through. It's That's one thing. Hey, I mean, I do customs, but I've always said it's like some things like this, I just, I, I've, I've never been good at carving a pumpkin. I did the typical thing as a kid of making the triangle eyes, the upside down triangle nose, and the jagged mouth. That's about, that's the limit to my skills when it comes to doing anything for carving a jack-o'-lantern was that. But I did want to give him a shout out on that. Also, there was somebody who asked our opinions on the pop culture uh, statues um, and the sideshow statues that they have and our thoughts on the upcoming Mondo. And I'll give some of my thoughts along with waiting for when Tyler comes back. But those statues, as beautiful as they are... Oh, wait, Tyler's coming back. So Sorry, I burnt through that one bottle a lot for us. God, I can't speak. Sorry, I burned through that last bottle a lot faster than I thought I would. Oh, that, that's no problem. I was just uh, letting everybody know about uh, Patrick O'Keefe, one of the fans who left us a uh, message on the Fans of Power Facebook page and also showed a cool carving of a, a jack-o'-lantern. He did Skeletor, but like I said, it wasn't popping through to where it lights up. Just a cool carving, so I want to give him a shout-out. But I also wanted to say that from Martin Spice. Martin Spice is the one that had a question for us about the pop culture statues and the sideshow statues. He wanted to know our thoughts of that and the upcoming Mondo, uh, one six, you know, Mondo figures, the big Haven't stuff. Haven't we asked about that before though? Well, you know, it's weird. I, I think it was, somebody did ask about those figures. I just can't remember the statues. It feels like it's been so long, but I still would like to at least acknowledge it. You know, the oh, of course. Yeah. But, but the statues, Oh, they're all absolutely beautiful. I mean, they're just way out of my price range, but for those who do have the money for those, I mean, hell, yeah, they're they're well worth it. They're just, uh, what are they, three, four, five hundred bucks? Oh. I mean, beautiful pieces, but just a lot. And the Mondo figures that I think they were finally starting to take pre-orders for, and I think they sold out on an exclusive one. But I think those are going to be 150, 160, but they're like 12-inch figures, I believe. I don't know if they're 12-inch or bigger, but they look great. I just can't afford them. I don't know if you can afford those and if you're getting them, but... No, I mean, I, 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 if they were doing like a payment plan or something like that, maybe. But of course, right now with Christmas coming up, you know, I, I, I stress about the cash. Like, I, I still, I'm like, I, I want to be able to get the the Super Seven, uh, filmation, uh, uh, group of four figures. I'm like, I, I got to worry about that and Christmas presents and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I, I, I was looking at them a while back. I'm like, maybe if I traded myself to one. You know, but um, I, I just was like, ah, who am I kidding? I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get around to affording those things. It's didn't, just, Mondo, it, didn't they also do those amazing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures too, I believe? Didn't Mondo, Mondo do? does everything. It's, it's always great, it, and it's always expensive as hell. Like, it's just, 
you, you can't catch a break. If Mondo's name is attached to it, you're going to get quality, but you're also going to get a big dollar sign right next to it. Yeah, you got to have you some good money. Again, pieces that are worth it if you have the money, but yeah, I just don't have it. But there, I wanted to cover that. And yeah, I guess we have one more topic before we'll get to any fan questions, but did want to talk about Dark Dream. I was like, the poor guy got left in the dust, but I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're getting around the time of Halloween. We've already talked about Shikoti before. We talked about Shigora. We've we've covered things that have been, I think, said a lot about Masters Universe of main horror characters, but we never really talked about Dark Dream, a character that, what, we had one episode for him? Was that it? Just One, one episode, episode, and that's it. And that's it. And it was cool to see a nightmare character, especially when you're somebody that might have been loving the Nightmare on Elm Street movies back in the day and to see somebody that could like go into your dreams, but you wondered what else could he do if he did have all the power of eternal darkness? What else could this character have done? How more badass could he have been or intense? Because he, he unfortunately, it's, it's a character design that sometimes it's like it sucks by default, meaning not that he's a stupid looking character, but when you have those robed characters, you know, he's got this robe, he's got this opening black and he got the eyes. And then when he's moving, it's just like animated, like a guy in a sheet. It's, you don't feel too intimidated. His powers are frightening, especially when he just points say sleep and bam, just knock you to sleep or put you into a nightmare. That is frightening. But I wondered if he was ever upgrading to expand upon him more, what could they do to make him look more intense? Because it was a good concept. I liked the thought of Dark Dream. It just, he didn't have a lot of time to shine, unfortunately. No, and um, I mean, it's an excellent concept, an A-plus for concept. And uh, I, I like his look. Um, I mean, obviously, I think it could be tweaked just a little bit. But for the most part, I like the fact that he's almost like a shadow inside this 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 robe, and all you see are his eyes, and that you know this the shadow that's moving inside his robe is moving his hands and everything. Um, I I think he should have been more. I mean, granted, they tried to write all the villains or kind of after a common thing, Grayskull or something like something very similar to that. But I think it would have been better, you know. And it, it's a good episode. It doesn't end as good as I, as you think it w- or should or could. Um, I think his focus should have been strictly if he broke out, you know, if he terrorizes people in the dreams, he drives them mad or scares them all to death, that they, they're afraid to go to sleep because of what kind of nightmares they may have. Naturally, weakens your heroes because they can't sleep or they're running on lack of very, very little sleep. You know, kind of like with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And I, I think that's what his main focus should be is that he enjoys terrorizing and tormenting people in their dreams. The safest place, if like, is when you're sleeping. And if you can't go to sleep, then therefore, you know, I think that 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 takes it even on He-Man. So I, I think that should have been his main focus was just tormenting the heroes of Eternia and coming back to full strength. And like he like trying to take over Grayskull shouldn't have been like a, not even a thought to him, like that kind of thing, because he doesn't, I, I would, the, a, a character that can haunt your nightmares doesn't need the ultimate power. Like that, that power itself is so strong. And, like yeah, I, and picture, picture the self doubt it does. Cause you've seen it within Prince Adam's dream, which also Cringer had the same one as well, 
where he couldn't he couldn't find the sword. He couldn't turn into He Man to save the day. That's got to be something that's always on Prince Adam's mm -hmm. mind. What if he can't save the day? And picture if they did expand upon always causing these nightmares to now create when they wake up. They have self-doubt about what they can do, depending on what they will Dark Dream will pick into their brain. Then you're right. What if they don't want to go to sleep? What if they're trying to stay awake? And within that, they're getting lackadaisical. They're tired. They can't do nothing, which makes you lose in battle. It's like just by him destroying your physical, you know, your mind from sleeping to staying awake, he's gonna beat you. So yeah, yeah it's, it's something I think it could have worked. And and I guess uh, like with this design, I think the thing that I would have changed the most would have been the pointing with the robe. I think if he could have had a sleeve and you would have seen this nasty, gangly arm and hands, it could have maybe seen like he looked more frightening because that the pointing with the robe is the only thing that took me out of the moment. It just didn't look too intimidating or imposing. I think just something to show a nasty arm and hand could have made him look a little more frightening, at least for me, maybe. Something tweaked like that. I, I, I'd still, I'd, I'd say I, I would keep, the fact that he's like a shadow in, inside the robe because what about a shadowed think, arm or something since he's like a living shadow maybe even something to no i kind of feel like keeping him shrouded in constant mystery you know like like he is i mean honestly i would keep him as is almost like a shadow almost like he is he is a demon of course but I, I i like keeping him shrouded and cloaked and all you see is that there's something inside this robe but it's like it's like pure darkness like you know kind of like how mask was only you know running on the, the power of the mask like you destroy the mask he's gone like he's just pure evil through the mask much like a right. dark dream is just pure black dark evil inside this robe like taking on a somewhat physical form and i think to actually show hands would take away a bit of his mystery because he's moved using the robe to to simulate movement and, it and, does. And it's just i got some just something just got lost with the the point it looked it reminded me of when i was a kid and i used to put a sheet on and you know like act like i'm a ghost and do pointing and it just it took me out of the intimidating factor or the frightening factor i mean like you said maybe okay if they didn't show the actual arm or hand but well i will all right to to cat to go on to, or to uh piggyback on what you just said i think depicting him trying to walk needs to go he needs to float like when he's running to the wind raider or something yeah I, like that that does not work for a character yeah. like that i think he just needs to hover and float right like know? orko and shadow weaver i think yeah. since he's a shadowed creature yeah maybe a floating looks more intimidating but when he's doing the scooby-doo run it's like i, I did that's what i guess yeah. I didn't, yeah i didn't like those parts I didn't like the running i didn't like the points like i said if there could have been a redesign of an arms somehow but still be shrouded in the robe but more of less of the pointing because they had a, a good idea and a concept there mm -hmm. so like we said especially if his powers were more of destroying your mental you know your ability to think and then being in combat when you're not sleeping you're exhausted he could have really took over you turn it would have been a cool character to see somehow redesigned or expanded upon more especially since there's not you know many things that when you think of halloween you want to think of certain characters what can we think of from the masters universe world i mean a lot of characters would be scary but not yeah. many of them get you that feeling he's he's one that slightly does but i wish could have been more yeah, I mean, and I, it's, I mean, sometimes I, I, I think the filmation designs, you know, most of them for the most part are quite good. I think Dark Dreams is a very good design. I think he worked his best in the episode when he's sitting in his throne and kind of working his evil powers from the throne in his lair. Yeah. 
you know, you know, creating nightmares for for the royal family and Tila and men at arms just by sitting in his throne. Like he's been unleashed, of course. And I think it's kind of hinted at probably through Evelyn and Ta- Tamar, Tamar or Tamar. I can never remember the exact. Don't worry, I'll join up here. I'm sure and say in the second the correct. It's in ta- it's Tamar or Tabor. It's it's one of the, one of those two. But obviously, those two contributed into unleashing him, which, you know, kind of makes you wonder where he essentially he was locked up. But in his lair, I find him quite imposing that he, this is a character that does not have to go anywhere. That this is a guy that can, as long as he's out, I'd say if it's nighttime, that's when he works at his strongest. And obviously, during the day, people are not sleeping. Maybe not as much, but if you really want to push the fact that this guy his power is over your dreams. Then, if you're asleep, then that's all. All he, all this guy really needs, and it kind of, kind of feeding off of your displeasures and your fear and the stress that you're ex- exonerating through your nightmares. He gets stronger from that. And if it's darkness, I, I mean, I, I like the idea that he feeds off darkness as well because that's it, it would make sense to a certain degree. But I like the idea that this guy, kind of like Freddy Krueger, like doesn't have to be. Doesn't matter if it's night or day. If you're asleep, you know it's it's t- it's time to you know go into survival mode, you know. So uh, I would much rather see that actually. Because I'm sure maybe you even got the other thing. Like I got the vibe, like the nerves kind of look like Dark Dream, but small. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They it, and they do, they do. And uh, and uh, and Alan Oppenheimer voices Negator, who's a controller of the nerves, and he also voices Dark Dream. And he does a very good job of Dark Dream too. Like he, he sounded like he really relished the idea of playing that character. And didn't um, I'm trying to remember again. I don't have the eidetic memory you do, but didn't the Nerbs at least show some? Did they show arms or hands? I kept feeling like they weren't. They as, did. They did. They've got they've got feet, and I, I believe they've got they've got hands too. Because when they would turn and put their faces together, they would clench their fists up, you know, and 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 kind of connect their eye beams together, and then. Nerves, power me. Power, yeah, yeah. Because I guess that's what I envision. I keep thinking, what the hell would Dark Dream look like as a figure? I mean, is he just gonna be a, a static pose like this with the robe? Would they have to have a robe part with pointed fingers? That's why I always think, what the hell could it look like in figure form? But I, I could see it. I could say, but I, I would assume pretty much to say that the arms would be kind of pointed, ro- like the robe just kind of dangling, kind of pointing almost, and the the body would be a solid robe piece. And then it would be sculpted with, you know, the hood and just solid black, you know, kind of, kind of like shadow did. weavers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some kind of little eyes. Behind. Yeah, that would be cool. It would have did... to be a brand new buck because you're talking oh, about God, the yeah. robe. So that's just Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly. I did want to bring up something Grimbot said about one of the Ehapa comics. I don't even know if I said that right. But he said there was a story where Skeletor terrorizes Prince Adam in his dreams. He said so much to the point where Adam has to go to bed transformed as He-Man. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. I wish I could read that story. If you got I thought he was going to correct me about King Hiss turning trees into snakes or something like that. No, he just brought that up. And damn it, if you have links <laughs> to that, man, be sure to let us know. I'd love to see that because it actually sounds hilarious. But yeah, I would again, Dark Dream is a character that if they were ever to remake him, if they did another cartoon, I'd just love to see just some little slight changes, but maybe make him more than just a one-shot character because somebody having that kind of powers and abilities, that's, uh, you'd think, pretty damn imposing. Yeah, yeah, it's, like... it, he's, yeah, I, I think that's not a throwaway character. It's a character, plus having ties to Evil Lynn, 
which was fun to almost, you know, you kind of get the idea that, you know, Evelyn's wand and probably. Yeah, he threatened powers. to throw that back to where it came from or something. Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of take that as that she has close connections to, uh, to Dark Dream, as if, like, not maybe she learned everything she knows from him, but she definitely worked with him for quite a while. He probably saw her potential. And obviously, she took off on her own and then fell for Skeletor. So, you know, just like she does all the time, he gets pissed off or at least. But at this time, she was summoned by Dark Dream, which obviously shows she does have an allegiance with him and, and obviously showed up at his beck and call. But he'd been locked away for such a long time. But she honored that command. So it does show that he clearly must have been somebody who had a lot to do with her, um, her teachings becoming a, a, a master of uh, black sorcery, black magic. and uh, Especially with nowadays with all the continuity that you get in a lot of stories, then I'm sure we could find, you know, you could get something like that, which back then you didn't. They were pretty much, everything was a one-shot story, whether it was from the comics or the cartoon. It was just, bam, new story each week, bam. Sometimes you mm-hmm. had a new character, but you'd never see them again. But now with continuity that they love doing so much, it'd be nice to see. Some so, but sometimes, you know what, continuity is just like, you know what, this story doesn't need to go on for two years, you know. Oh, I not mean, that. Yeah, there's there's I... pros and cons to, 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 to all of this, because I, I do feel like some stories could be expanded upon, like Problem with Power is a prime example. Yeah, but like um, you said, one. a couple, a couple episodes, like House Shikoti, we got House of Shikoti 1 and 2, but you're right, nowadays with not only some cartoons where it just constantly would want to be continuity or even a comic. Here's a year and a half run of the same story that you have to keep latching on to. It's like, do little story arcs, sprinkle them in there, but still give us the one thing of, okay, in this episode, there's this crazy artifact that Skeletor found to do this, and how are we going to stop them? But the continuity of meaning in, let's say, 30 episodes later, we could have acknowledgments of things knowing this happened in the past. You know, not just written off, but like you said, not to where we have to watch 30 episodes to get to that point, yeah. but we'd understand they made an acknowledgement of something that happened. Like, okay, they're understanding the continuity as well, that something happened. Yeah. I mean, like if, uh, you know, if, if we were doing like a, a new canon of He-Man like animation or something like that, and, you know, Evelyn's discuss, you know, like one of the, one of the evil wars is kind of new to the group. Like, let's say Stinkor just came on in the group and, He's asking Evelyn, you know, did Skeletal train you, you know, in, in the ways of Black Man? She goes, absolutely not. I learned my powers from Dark Dream. That's where I got this wand. You know, I, I only joined up with Skeletor after Dark Dream was banished. And Skeletor promised me a lot of things. And here I am. And I, I, and you would not see Dark Dream probably for a while. And you can mm-hmm. build up this idea. Who, the, who uh, Dark Dream? This is the guy that teaches Evelyn, you know, or taught her everything she knows. And, you know, not, I mean, you could also do like the whole thing with the faceless one too, but. You know, I think that would be fun to uh, have continuity weaved in there, but it's not something that goes over 30 episodes of building, building, building. Right. Like that gets monotonous. You people. Some's good, but too much is just, well, too much. You know? Yeah, I, that's why I miss, I miss comic books being one shots. Like yeah. most stories are, yes, there, there is continuity of like the world that Peter Parker's going through or the, what Logan is going through. But not a the constant mo- connection, yeah. Yeah, like they're 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 constantly keeping the world alive of characters like that were going on. But the story itself, like Spider Man taking on Electro, and this it's a one issue. This yeah. one issue begins and ends with Spider Man taking on Electro, but there's hints of what happened in the issue before. And then when you see the next issue, there's nods and and, and throwbacks to what happened in the fight with Electro. But, but still, it's a contained sto- story. Yeah, that's what I miss. I mean, I. 
you're right. You're it's like when you go to a movie, bam, you have a movie, that's it, and then here could come a sequel eventually. But the same thing with comics and cartoons. I like just having a good finality. You'd have the beginning, the middle, the end. There you go. You're not strung along for 50, 60, however many episodes or how many issues, into where it's just like, okay, is this ever gonna build up and be done? You just want it finished stuff. But like you said, acknowledging stuff, but I like, I don't mind three story, you know, like a three part story arc. Sometimes they go maximum six, but it's like, just give us some one shots. But this, yeah, Dark Dream, a character I would love to see back. Absolutely. Especially if you never know if there's ever a rebirth. But before I pass it to Tyler to give any shout outs or anything he's going to say or recommendations, this is where in the chat room, if you guys in the chat room have any questions for us, you want us to answer, like I said, it can be from comics, cartoons, movies, mini comics, anything, anything you want to ask. Shoot us. We'll do that right now, but I'm going to pass it to you, Tyler, if you have any recommendations, things you want to say. Um, let's see. I will say, like always, check out uh, Kevin Sharp's artwork. Um, you know, uh, you want some beautiful He-Man or Thundercat artwork or a Marvel DC superheroes, um, you know, hit him up on Facebook. Super, super humble guy. Does incredible artwork. Um, check out Axel Jimenez's artwork. Um, Joe Modest Customs. Trying to get Joe to do a, a snow meow for uh, for Snowman of Hook Mountain from Thundercats. So someone put in a request for that already. <laughs> um, check out heman.org and uh, John Atkins' site, He-Man World. Um, other than, and I'd say check out Eternal Darkness, the episode with Dark Dream. If you have not watched it or watched it in a long time, I, I love the mood set in that episode. Like Most of the music and the first half of the episode is all... The, the the pieces of music that Shuki Levy did that are very like uh constant foreboding evil music. Like it's music you've heard in all the episodes, but played right, it really amps up the seriousness of the Dark Dream character. Like all the music that plays is all you know it's not um some of the lighthearted pieces of music. It's all mood setting music, really playing up the the nightmare aspect of him it's done done very well so that that's my uh, another recommendation too okay and anything else or that would be that that would be that okay i don't even know if i spoke proper english here i usually don't if people hear me talk I, <laughs> that'd be that uh, there was one saying i used to say all the time that somebody would oh god i wish i could remember uh, maybe it'll come to me later there's something i always would say and they're like oh that's it it was when i used to work at software etc years ago and um before I started working, I remember I came in and I would look for certain uh, games. And I was like, I wonder, um, do you, uh, wait, how did I say that? Oh, that, no, no, they asked me. They asked me if they were uh, a game came in. I was like, well, I don't know if we do got that or not. And I always would say do got, and everybody's like, no, it's do have. And <laughs> my family still likes giving me trouble for that when I say do That's got. just kind of just speaking quickly. I mean, the English yeah. language has been butchered and botched for years. I mean, that's. Someone, someone wants to come along and just kind of poke and prod at you. I mean, I, I, I do like proper grammar, but I do, you know, say things improperly a lot as well. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I know what people are trying to say. And, uh, you know, sometimes for fun, I'll, I'll, I'll correct it. But for the most part, I'm like, I'm not going to go and just yeah, yeah uh, beg, your, beg your pardons. Uh, I right. don't believe you mean, you know. Yeah, do have. Because I was like, yeah, we do got that. But, yeah, and I still do it. But. Okay, well, I want to get to some of the questions. First, Zentron. Zentron says, which of the heroic warriors do you think could be turned to evil and join Skeletor, and what do you think would turn them? Hmm. Well, go ahead, Tyler. Uh, mm. 
we can't do a simple reprogramming of Roboto either. Like Roboto no, no, that's lazy. No. Um. How about a twist? How about making somebody like Cyclone, somebody you wouldn't expect because Skeletor no, no, has no, no, no. Cyclone is my favorite heroic warrior. I and that's why I'm going to do it. Cyclone is somebody that, yeah, you wouldn't expect, but he would do the, the heel turn. Bam, he'd join him. Skeletor has no flying warriors. He'd promise them all the powers and riches and the respect that he deserves because he keeps getting shunned to the side by He-Man. So I'm going to say Cyclone. And Cyclone can constantly be using his radar to let Skeletor know where all the heroic warriors, or warriors are throughout Eternia. Warriors. So, warriors. I'm talking like the warrior. But yeah, so how about that? Cyclone does a heel turn and Skeletor finally has a flying character. I'm going to say Snout Spout. Snout Spout. And why would Snout Spout join him? Well, if people want to continue to give Snout Spout a lot of grief. No respect, yeah. No respect. Skeletor sees this and exploits that weakness and decides, you know what? You don't have to feel like that, Snout Spout. I could use a man of your talents. To destroy stuff with your extremely, you know, fire fire hose powered nose, uh, your your skills with a, a an axe, you could break into stuff. I mean, Skeletor could just exploit the hell out of, out of that uh, insecurity That's one of my favorite and turn Snout Spout into an evil warrior. Yep. Well, there I think we both did that to each other. We took one of our favorite characters and turned them heel. Damn it. So okay, I like that. And thanks for the question, there, Zentron. Um, JSP said. He got to meet Melindy Britt at Alamo City Comic Con yesterday. Fantastic. Yep. And he said, but I had to choose between getting an autograph from Alan Oppenheimer or getting a photo from Flash Gordon himself, Sam J. Jones. He said, which would you choose? Well, I mean, I don't have a real connection to Flash Gordon. Not saying it's a bad show because I know people absolutely loved it, but I would go Alan Oppenheimer. I don't know about Tyler after... <laughs> experiences he had he might have a quite different answer <laughs> what would you do the, the choice between the actor playing flash gordon or alan oppenheimer yeah oppenheimer because i i I, oh, I, okay. I don't have any attachment to, to flash Gordon. i have nothing there's nothing wrong with the movie or the character and stuff oh, okay. like that, but didn't know if you had, I, I would try i would try my luck again and maybe this time he would say i you know sure kid i'd be more than happy to write that for you Right, you'd get a little respect. All like right. I'm sitting there wearing like one of those little beanie hats with the propeller on, and you know, you know, I got braces on, and you know, and golly, Mister, I, th I thought you were great at Skeletor, and you know, <laughs> kind of. What, what was that like? Uh, I, I paint Jim like Carrey? freckles on my face, or something. what's that? I thought you were, yeah, like when Jim Carrey, you know, was acting like the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm like. Uh, <laughs> I hear. I thought you were really good as man at arms, and That's exactly I, was, was that real? I do like the Chris Farley on the Chris Farley show. You know, I kind of like do this with my hands, and um, yeah. You remember that one episode where you were Skeletor? Like, yeah, oh cool. boy, we got one of these. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that, JSP. Um, Adam Gabbard said, Joe and Tyler, what are your thoughts between the comparisons of Hordak for vintage and classics for the toys? Well. I mean, the classics one obviously is a cool upgrade. When it comes to like some of the other variants, I didn't know if you'd mean like Buzzsaw, flying the Buzzsaw out of the hurricane, which is cool. I I have more of a connection with the vintage toys. I do too. The, yeah. So, I mean, as amazing as classics is and more articulation, great. But uh, I'd go vintage. It's a good thing he didn't say anything about putting the stations or the MYP design because then I'd say, um, I think I'm going to pick MYP because it was a badass design in the cartoon and one of a cool looking staction but but yeah as for yeah well i guess we both chose it we both went vintage so thank you for that adam 
And he's and Kevin Chart said, Thank you guys. As always, appreciate the shout outs and fun talk. Yeah, it's no problem, Kevin. We love Thanks for joining us, Kevin. And Kevin, I sent you a small payment uh, for another illustration there, bud. So uh, look for that. Oh, okay. So these, like, you guys already got their little connections. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Um, Eric can ask about the new show, actually. Um, that might be everybody. I'm trying to go quickly scroll down. I apologize because they started talking about the whole flash forward and back and forth things too. So, okay. Well, there, we got some of the questions in. So we appreciate you being here, but uh, well, let me say what I always uh, say is I love having you guys here. It's always great when you join us. It's just interaction and fun. It just, it makes Sunday special. You know, I really love when we do this. I mean, of course, beyond retro, love doing that. And I love doing fans of power and you guys just make the show that much more enjoyable and for anybody new to this channel, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, share, and ring that bell down there so you can always get notified of any new content we have popping up so you can always be here and join us more because we want to always have you here. And uh, Kevin Sharp said, thanks, T-Rex. So Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I, I did want to pop in real quick and say that during the recording of this show, we already got two new subscribers. So thanks to you guys for continually awesome. supporting and even during the awesome. live shows. Uh, doing what Joe and I always push for during the other podcasts, uh, just making sure you hit subscribe and everything. So thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. And thanks for popping up, Nathan, to let, me, let us know about that. It's pretty cool to know some new people have already subscribed. And But it's it's like I said, that's why we always say it's about ringing the bells, because then you can always be notified in case they weren't. You know, they get a little message or an email about it. So, Because right, sometimes we have to change times. Like some things yeah. come up and we have to go an hour earlier or on a different day or Yep. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's best if you want to sit, stay, make sure you don't miss an episode, you know, so just subscribe because sometimes we do have to change the day that or time that we do the podcast. So, um, and that doesn't you know, happen much, but, but, and it does, it's happened on occasion where sometimes we did do a day early and it doesn't matter if I would post anything like on Facebook or you. Sometimes people were there the next day, like, what the heck happened? Where was the podcast? So, yeah, that's the main reason we do it. But, okay. Well, again, thanks, guys. And, have a powerful day. Life's a bitch, and she's in heat. Is that Roddy Piper? No. I was going to say I thought it was Roddy Piper and from They Live, but I don't think he said that. Um, <laughs> damn it, I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to. Damn it, I don't know. I'm going to have to wait now. I really thought that sounded like a Piper line. Was it from They Live? Was it Roddy Piper? Nathan. Damn it. Joe, sir, you are correct this week. I am a shit in the pond. I got something. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> no, no, wait. I like how he acts surprised. I think he's gotten the quotes like a good three, four weeks in a row now. Yeah, but he he still questions himself. Like I, I hate I doing something Roddy Piper would say, but I don't think so. <laughs> I hate <laughs> that when I doubt myself. I was right. I was like, I hope I'm not doubting. Oh, so I was like, about. Nathan. <laughs> yeah, Tyler's like, I don't even respond, but oh, I got one. Oh, Judges. Yeah, yeah, he got it. Thumbs up. Yeah. You bet I'm on a talk or uh, game show. I answer, but I'm questioning, like, well, we can't get to the points if you're not sure. But we'll see you guys next time.